back. We're back. <laughs> Another riveting episode. Another pod from within the confines yeah. of the core. Um, feels like it's yeah, been years. Yeah, I completely lost any semblance of time. I saw some early reports that a lot of cities are going to be like lifting the restrictions. Oh, cool. Uh, people, I was out today. People were visibly not social distancing, but they were drinking on the street. It's like the combination. No. Yeah, people are really <laughs> drunk outside. A man, like, yelled something at me when I was on my way to my, to my cucked little grocery Wait, store d- journey. Wait, like sexual or mean <laughs> or both? No, neither. Kind of jovial, but not overtly sexual, but still kind of incomprehensible. It made me think. Yeah, he was people were. Dr- I was walking down the street and some guy was like singing, like belting out, singing in the rain at the top of his lungs. It's so. I was talking to my friend Julia, mm-hmm. who's Polish, about how like deeply Soviet mm-hmm. all of this feels with like the rampant alcoholism and the bread yeah. lines and the. There's, there's no, there hasn't been flour at the grocery <laughs> store I go to for like weeks. <laughs> we have to it's like insane. manually repair our own pantyhose because the supply chains are closed. Basically, yeah. <laughs> there's no hair. You can't dye your hair. I'm just, yeah, crawling around my COVID partner's apartment. Yeah, like on hands and knees. <laughs> I'm wearing an an apron now. That's a good look for you. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really good look for me. I got a really, I got that's a couple. You're buying aprons now. That I that I like to don. I'm buying aprons on Etsy and donning them over. You should you should start that trend. There's like the babushka scarf. Like what else? Like there's been a lot of like really retarded trends. Like the mask thing is now kind of a trend. It was before, but you could really be a trailblazer and start the apron trend because nobody's done that before. For the trad, for the trad community. Um, I did get some babushka scarves thinking I could use them as yeah. cloth coverings, <laughs> as cloth Melania covers. says. Because um, I was like, ooh, like, okay, maybe it'll be a fun opportunity to accessorize. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just hitting a wall where I resent people for wearing the, like, bandanas. And I feel, it feels disrespectful. I feel like we need to just be going for as, like, surgical kind of sanitary look yeah, it just possible. Looks, it looks kind of gay it looks like you know? um it, it looks like it, it looks when, gay in 2008 <laughs> during occupy when all the protesters were wearing like the kefia like the palestinian scarves like around their exactly. faces like dude this isn't the intifada you're like you have two credit cards <laughs> in your pocket and like eighty thousand dollars in grad school debt you have a communications <laughs> degree we're all at a health food store trying to get the yeah, sprouted hummus that we like to They're eat. like throwing rocks at the Wall Street bull. <laughs> so yeah, so I just go for the classic, the surgical yeah, look. It's much more. It's very. And the, which and one? The it's Richard Prince, right? Not Richard Kern. Richard Kern is the one that shot you. Richard Prince is the one that did like the creepy sex nurse. Yeah. The nurses. Yeah. Yeah. What's I wrong like with that? that? You yeah. think you're better than a nurse? You're not. Um, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. You might be. 
<laughs> um, what's what's this whole backlash against nurses now? What do you mean? I've been seeing a lot of people being mean to nurses on Twitter. Why? Because they're making too yeah, many probably, TikTok yeah. videos on the on the clock. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. I haven't seen. I like. Uh, I've been less online. Weirdly, I know. I I've noticed that. I'm very proud of you. I've been like way more online. I mean, my. It just, it feels like it used to supplement my reality, and now it feels like it's now that it's the only option, reality, it seems yeah. like a, it seems like a poor imitation for what I what I yeah, crave. That's well said. I think maybe this might inspire like a backlash, but like I was thinking about like yeah, I'm I'm so tired of seeing like women's tick. Like listen, we give like uh, health workers a pass. I'm sick of the people clanging the pots and pans for the health workers, but like. <laughs> women i hate all of us including myself You're yeah i am I'm just like okay it's like the whole thing it's like i just got off an 18 hour oh. shift here's a sexy selfie i just uh, posted one and then immediately yeah. after i posted it i was like anna you're such a fucking loser and a bum and a piece of shit if only you could apply <laughs> that same energy to doing something productive with your life yeah, it's been difficult for me to post selfies, to be honest, because I find I don't want people to see me. I feel like I've said this before. I don't want people to see me being like compliant in my home. What do you mean compliant in your home? You know, like I don't like I don't like seeing the inside of people's yeah. homes. I'm sick of it. I don't like the haunted <laughs> look in my eyes of like a... <laughs> a person living through a pandemic and then i don't like that i'm like i feel cocked yeah. frankly i feel cocked we're all, every we're second like, of the day and so i don't want to take a selfie because i feel like i'm like hey look at this fucking cuck <laughs> <laughs> hashtag stay yeah. inside stay home flatten the curve leave me alone <laughs> so so yeah so i've been online less and i've been yeah, no good. Less. But I've been doing tons of other well, like buying shit, aprons. So. And, yeah, no, I good for you. I'm genuinely proud of you. It's like a r- r- seriously. Oh, thanks. Um, I'm just. I also haven't. I didn't have a computer for like a good five year span of my early twenties to mid twenties. So I'm not very comfortable. Like the computer isn't a big part of my life in general you know i've like gone with that one for yeah so there's long. nothing more cucked like there's nothing more cucked than the feeling of like being hunched over your computer i understand like using your phone like to look up directions or like go go on yelp <laughs> or look at, pornography. look at pornography but there's something just so and i mean we'll talk about this all this sex under covid stuff a little bit later mm-hmm. in the program there's something more like shriveling and cocked and gay than looking at pornography on a computer or like doing anything on a computer i hate that because this is probably part of the reason that i'm such a failed writer because i can't sit in front of the computer like i stand up and chain smoke cigarettes and pace around and eli's always like right maybe you should take up maybe you should write by hand with like a a, a quill i've tried tried, but my my (laughs) wrists are so frail that 
I just can't. Um, no, I don't like. Yeah, handwriting is its own separate thing, and then you have to like transcribe it into a computer. No, I got the it. real. I know. The real kind of like boss it's... move would be to enable diction and just speak, speak into mm. a phone. Yeah, and then it's all yeah. poetic and garbled and confusing. <laughs> Why I hate women and minorities by Anna Kotchan. <laughs> I heard a woman's voice on the Pulaski Bridge today that made my skin crawl. And I did. I was like, my snap impulse was misogynistic. It was just like, shut these broads Wait, up. Wait, the pl- Oh, you were, you were <laughs> entering into Greenpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a, some <laughs> bitch on a bike was like squawk, squawking at her stupid friends. Yeah, the, it's funny. I saw some um, women in the East Village like hanging out. <laughs> with their masks pulled down just chatting Mm-mm. either wear like, it or this don't is, th- this is the whole point of wearing the mask you don't take the mask off when you're like two feet <laughs> away from somebody to chat with them that's when you keep the mask on like you don't need exactly. to keep the mask on when you're walking alone at night on an empty street but when you're talking with two of your girlfriends on a corner keep the fucking mask on you yeah dumb bitch the the covid spittles are <laughs> the winds blowing all the yeah. covid around <laughs> it's it's like oh, oh man anyway that's like the, that's my main kind of um aesthetic beef with aoc i know people are always dogging on me for like what hating on aoc but her voice is what what oh, no, no, she her do voice this? is legitimately oh, God, kind of like voice. unbearable I can't, yeah. And, well, it's the the voice plus the, the like, theater kid kind of yeah. affectation that she, that she uses when she's being outraged or... I just, yeah. We're too cynical. Yeah, we yeah. Can see she, it for what she it is. studied um, that Black Lives Matter kid's cadence, kind of like Pete Buttigieg studied Obama's <laughs> cadence. So mm-hmm. she could come out on top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, women have annoying voices. There's no two yeah, ways about it. Yeah, that's why uh, men can't kind of phase them out and can't hear them above a certain pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like dogs. Speaking of women. <laughs> Speaking uh, of women, um, that feeling when no girl. Oh, should we? T- we can talk about that. I was gonna. I was gonna talk about um, Kim Jong Un's oh, hot sister. Oh, okay. Well, let's do um, that. Let's do that. Um, Kim Jong-un I don't know, TMZ no? reported that, that uh, he was dead and it was trending on Twitter, but no reputable <laughs> news outlet has come forward and confirmed it. But like, as we've learned in the last four years yeah. and certainly the last four weeks, there are no reputable news. There yeah. are no reputable. So who knows? Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, TMZ, a good as, uh, source as any. I, I buy it. I was literally, like, before you called, I was on fucking the co- hunched over the computer North, yeah, North I, was, I was literally trying to <laughs> i was like googling like kim family tree <laughs> literally all of like 70 percent of people in korea are named kim that's their last name or like park <laughs> well i heard that he had an older brother who was passed over for rule because he was too effeminate and he like lives in london or he something. had another he had another older brother who was assassinated by a nerve agent in the Kuala Lumpur airport oh. who what's a nerve like a, agent a, a, a like gas from... or a toxin that like literally yeah it's like a stealth oh fuck not like nerve from 
no no like it's like um he he was the eldest son and he was like the presumed heir to kim jong-il um okay he was yeah he was considered the heir apparent and then he was thought to have fallen out of favor after embarrassing the regime in 2001 with a failed attempt to visit tokyo disneyland with a false passport That is shameful. He, he claimed himself that the reason that he had fallen out of favor was because he had been advocating for reforms. But yeah, what reforms yeah. at fucking Disneyland? Um, <laughs> North Korea is pretty rugged to to kill. To, uh, it's reported that Kim Jong Un ordered the yeah, they assassination. Don't Some people are fighting. Oh my god, I can hear them. They're screaming. I think I, I think I'm I heard them say podcast. <laughs> No, let them hear the sounds of of gunshots. <laughs> so Kim Yo Jung is the is, hot size zero sister. Is the hot sister. who kind of looks like you. She's, she kind of looks like you. I know people. People have been saying it, and I. It's not get a it. bad. It's a mean. compliment. It's, she has flawless skin. The no, she has like a little nose, and I don't know. I get it. Definitely the upper half yeah. of her face looks yeah. like mine in a way. Yeah, My Asiatic she's eyes. like your Asian. Well, okay. <laughs> the other creepy thing that I I didn't even realize was that um, apparently um, the grandfather uh, Kim Jong Il was born in Russia mm-hmm. as Yuri Ersenovich Kim. What? What? Yeah. Why? Because of like uh, yeah, it was some stuff? war stuff. I, we're, I'm not gonna attempt to weigh in. Yeah, we don't God, know anything I'm about so North stupid. Korea. We're not even gonna. I literally googled family tree of North Korean dynasty. She seems like a lesbian. Yeah, she has tul- Tulsi vibes. Don't you think? She's seems ruthless. Yeah, and icy. but you know, there's there's only so much. I think she's gonna reign. She's gonna reign with a real. Real iron fist. Well, right. I, I mean, tell. we all know that that women are much more ruthless and cruel rulers than men. Once they ascend to power, it takes a while, but but once the, she's only thirty one. I know she's so young. She's like younger than me and slightly older than wow. you. That's like crazy. She's so young, and she's gonna starve she an entire country. Kim yeah. Yo Jung, come on, Red Scare. She's, she's okay. a Libra. It's bad. <laughs> yeah that's not good um but she so he's dead she's gonna take over he's he's allegedly in a vegetative state but who knows i mean from yeah. open heart surgery what i want to know sketchy. is how a 36 year old man dies of a god they're so I know, young these, I know. these koreans and i think like his his um wow. uh whole strategy was replacing his father's old like guard hirelings with like hot young mm. millennial dictators and autocrats um but yeah she she and she is she's this is from wikipedia she is allegedly the kind of driving force behind his cult of personality which depicts him as like an everyman and a man of the people um okay uh is here's, he? here's 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 yeah, a sentence I guess. from Wikipedia. Okay. Um, 
Kim Jo Young was said to have oh, Kim Yo Jong, sorry, was said to have encouraged her brother to present an image of a man of the people with, for example, rides on fairground attractions and his friendship with the basketball star Dennis Rodman. Yeah. I see. Right. Okay. <laughs> rides on fairground attractions. Um this is so unrelated, but you know what I was watching last night? Uh, Jerry Springer. Oh yeah! Wow, I miss him. And I wonder why don't we have shows like know. that anymore? Where just normal ass people get in fucking brawls know. on TV. That's a good question. And like, <laughs> and dispute somebody's parentage. Yeah, or like reveal that they're cheating on someone yeah. in front of a live studio audience. Like it so actually was so singular and weird and jerry was such a i mean it's amazing that they chant jerry yeah. when people well, get doesn't, in fights doesn't steve that's how strong his, his brand his is. security guard is bald steve he has a show yeah but it's i feel like the we don't we have we haven't like reached the heights of of jerry springer since. yeah and did it of just like full like people like fighting no it's weird TV. you would think you would think that's that what people i want to be into that but i think like people don't care about like paternity anymore and they don't care about infidelity they just care about their <laughs> career so all the shows are like post survivor they're like about uh winning like the top spot on the totem pole like apprentice so right yeah maybe that's what, i don't know yeah no one no one cares about like misbehaved teens or scandalous yeah like affairs. even like real house the real housewives franchises if you think about it they're not really housewives they all have like jobs or at least vanity projects they're like always right and it's mostly about the the brawling i guess maybe the space has been filled by like other forms of reality television that depict yeah i think brawls like- like yeah, in like a different capacity. Yeah, it's like a kind of crowdsourced. It doesn't have a leader. Like Jerry Springer was the leader. Yeah, he was sort of the instigator. There was like the that golden age of like dirty old Jewish men on TV and on the radio. It was like Howard Stern and Jerry Springer, Maury Povich, uh, Charlie Rose, who I don't think is Jewish, but could be. David Letterman, same. Could be. He's not. He's not Jewish at all. Same. But not Jewish. Definitely not Jewish. But same kind of flirty, yeah. rude vibe. Um, I miss. I long for. Yeah, those days. I mean, they were like, in, well, we grew up in, in in that in those days. So all of our formative memories are are of like Jerry Springer instigating women to fight on stage over over some like chicken shit guy with like. <laughs> a really long criminal like record an and a meth addiction. <laughs> and Letterman, arguably everything I learned about flirting, I learned from really? Dave. Was about being, yeah, like kind of being mean, negging. but flirty at the same time. Yeah, negging was mm-hmm. my strategy. And I think influenced very much by Dave. Um, anyway, are you watching anything no, else? Are you no, watching anything it's not ju- not just you, but like a bunch of people have told me to watch 90 Day Fiance. So I figure I may oh, as yeah. well. And we can spin it into some content for the pod, you know. Well, the thing is, so there's on Monday, they aired a 90 Day Fiance quarantine special. Okay. 
that I think is some of the most vital programming that is on TV currently. But to under really understand it, you kind of have to watch previous seasons mm. of 90 Day. And it is a bit of a commitment. But I think that you would like it because there's lots of Russian whores. Yes. <laughs> usually one or two per episode who are trying to like scam their way into a nice little uh-huh. green card situation. And it plays out in various ways. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- um, and sometimes there's Russian guys who like can't stop nutting and their stupid girlfriends. And then they like. Um, have to marry them because they knock up some like dumb American. I love that about Russian men. They're such disgusting pigs. They're pull out game being weak. Because they're weak. (laughs) Russian men, even the ones like there are some Russian men who look so hot. They look like they've been doing like the prison workout for the past four years. They Mm -hmm. have like a shaved head and a bunch of scars and nice little tracksuit, terry cloth. (laughs) And yeah. could, like, knock you out with one punch. But they're all fucking weak losers. And you can tell if you look at their mouths. Because all Russian people have, like, wet, pathetic, weak mouths. It's like, you know, like, um, that kind of, like, horny, glazed-over stare that a lot of gay guys have. Yes. Russian guys have <laughs> that a, a specific type of mouth. <laughs> That's my theory. I know what you mean, yeah. And they get kind of, like, heavy-lidded and, there's, you know. There's, like, nothing I know what you mean. less attractive than, like, getting, like, high and drunk with a Russian guy who you think is really hot because at the end of it, yeah, they're, like, heavy-lidded and they literally want to, like, suckle at your teeth. They're, like, <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they want, you know, they want a mom and they want a nurse yeah. and they want a whore. They, yeah, they we're, we're a country of like weak, pathetic, spineless alcoholics, but at least we own it. Unlike American people who are still clinging to this myth of like exceptionalism that that they're That's like definitely for what? What are people feeling so adequate about? I, I don't I can't figure yeah, like, it out. Oh, you're a you're a strong and rugged John Wayne cowboy. No, you're not. You're like a Charmin bear with an opioid addiction and a gig economy job. <laughs> I love I when you bring up those Charmin bears. I miss them. What are they doing? I want I want somebody to... <laughs> you know they've <laughs> sucked up on toilet paper for their stupid, fat Charmin they bear ass. They on Charmin. The Charmin bears are a, a disgusting psyop designed to normalize the obesity epidemic. I swear to God, that's, that's what it Go is. Go off, sis. I know. <laughs> Can somebody make me a, like a vector image of the Charmin bears with um, uh, the COVID masks, please? I want that. Yes, please. We need... Um well, I hate all the COVID commercials that you can tell are just like repurposed from stock footage mm-hmm. from other commercials, except that now there's like a voiceover of someone being like, in these uncertain times, if you need to run some errands, <laughs> consider buying a Toyota or whatever. Yeah, it's like B-roll footage from other commercials from 2009. Or like weirdly like, yeah ethnically ambiguous families having fun inside their homes. Yeah, you know what's so weird about these car commercials? No one's even yeah, no crab, one's crab walking. walking. <laughs> With like a dead-eyed <laughs> stare down the staircase. 
And no one's no one's fetal positioned in a ketamine induced paralysis. It would be so funny if like Toyota or like Ford or something. I don't know if Ford's even still around. If they repurposed your crab walking footage to sell an SUV to like wine moms. In the, in these uncertain times. The sexorcist. But you can oh, tell you God. can tell these commercials are made for like nice upstanding white picket fence white families because the they always show like a multicultural like a biracial family or a black family and they're driving down like a mountainside where like black people or any minorities typically like don't live near they would never be would never near be, yeah um and there's like <laughs> always kind of like an indie jingle playing too it's like the music that black people would never listen to because it's made to it's made to (laughs) they're made to make white people feel better about buying like dropping whatever like 40k on a car it's so cocked it's just a cockolding session after cockolding session i know it sucks and what do you need what do you need a car for in core so you can stay in it i guess well It'd be nice. If we had cars, we could probably go visit each other. Is the idea, right? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I... uh, You can cruise around. roommate Leia has a car. Oh, yeah, It's like a cute little Lego car. Yeah, there isn't. Like, we can't go to the beach. I mean, I guess you could. You can. People are, but I don't... The thing is, I don't want to. I don't... I resent everyone, like going to the I like walked past some microbrewery that had some like COVID style set up with like picnic tables that you could like social distancingly <laughs> purchase beer across from and just people pretending like things are normal and like they're having fun it's like I don't know I do, it's yeah it's like that, that me. um a meme of the dog in the burning building where it's like this is fine <laughs> it's literally exactly that. yeah it, well, it, it's like it, it's akin to like those bars that were opening up that were like didn't serve alcohol. Oh yeah, the soap. Oh, like, those are all going bars. out of business. It's like people want. Yeah, no, I walked past one in fucking Greenpoint today that I was like, good. I was like, you shouldn't exist. This is a great example of fucking capitalist excess that like is indicative of things having gone on too long and too far, and like the. <laughs> honor the maggot catalyst of change you know like maybe it's good that corona's putting these like bankrupt businesses well, out those of business yeah anyway. those those deserve to go yeah obviously it's i'm like not this yeah. kind of social club for skinny fat women who have entered their late <laughs> 30s without finding a mate uh and can't afford an actual wing membership come to my mocktail bar in on india street in greenpoint Mocktails don't need to no. exist, but you know people continue to disappoint. So I'm sure I'm sure they'll they'll last. Some other like <laughs> deeply Somehow. gay and cucked thing will emerge to out of quarantine, <laughs> like socially unacceptable. Um, anyway, the uh, should we talk about the yeah? We can talk about, what's up? Do you? Do you learn? Did you learn anything else about North um, Korea? 
No, I know. I learned that Kim Jong Il <laughs> had a lot of mistresses because it's it's acceptable. Yeah, it's like state cool. sanctioned to have mistresses there. And, and then um, after he died, the king of Thailand has a lot of yeah. It's like crazy. It's well. funny because it's like the, the kind of like you know it's like uh, American liberals are, are forever like hand wringing about the fact that we've never had a, a, a female leader and there is anguished about the prospect of it and then like other countries have totally different value systems that you can't map onto ours you know one-to-one which is cool like in north korea uh you can have a lot of mistresses but also a female can ascend to the role of supreme dictator i want to know what kind of nickname she gets because they always have like really cute little like uh, sublime comrade, brilliant comrade. Like every every leader gets like a cute oh, little name. That's sweet. Do they? What um, was I think Kim it Jong-un's? was brilliant comrade. I'm not. I'm. All right, <laughs> yeah, brilliant comrade. My, my apps. I just. I really like that. I Kim Jong Un, nice guy. Just kidding. He was, but he was really. He he was. <laughs> He was he, he was had like a very sweetness, cute. a kind of rot- rotund. He had the same kind yeah. of like um, autistic energy that Baron has in a weird way, like that Absolutely. kind of like totally stupid architectural haircut of like a lesbian my, at Bergheim. My, and then like <laughs> my sublime Baron comrade Baron, Baron Trump. Um, and. I'm smiling. Yeah, just and he like looked him. like a cute little kind of Pepe sitting on a lily pad in the sun. Yeah, he. Yeah, yeah he was a bit even. of a groiper. He was kind of a yeah, nice rotund, chubby cheeks. The sister is yeah. is ruthless. She looks yeah. You can her skull is a little too prominent. Yeah. In a sinister, in a sinister way, like you could really see she's, where her she's like, like. Um, the brain from Pinky and the Brain, like a really hot version. She's like <laughs> if if you and the brain mated. Wow, I find her attractive personally. I think she has flawless skin, and she looks like, she, you know, the sun never shines in the North skin. Korea, so she has almost no sun damage. Mm-hmm. But she does have like selectively placed freckles, almost like she freckle pen them in. Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, I think she's cute for sure. Is but she the hottest tell. female dictator that's ever reigned? Probably. Yeah. I'd go far as to say, like, leader in yeah, general. Yeah, maybe. You know? I'm, like, j- desperately trying to rack my brain for hot dictators. Good luck. No, yeah, they're I not mean... really a great-looking bunch. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, she probably does like that micro needling thing where like the vampire facial, but with the actual blood of like labor camp victims. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's probably never yeah been out in. No, the they sun. don't look like they get a lot. And then she probably has like you know if most if like the average Korean has like a eight step skincare routine, she's probably three. Got, you know. It's, it's much know. more like sparse and rationed and, and she has like a Marxist Leninist skincare routine. But she's, she's powerful. No, she's powerful. I bet she gets the good she serums. She must, yeah. Blown straight I bet they Paris. make, there's corruption. But like, you know, you know, I want to know about her skincare routine. I don't give a shit about AOC skincare routine. 
AOC <laughs> no. can shoplift drunken no. elephant from Sephora like the rest of us. It's not nothing special. Give us Kim <laughs> Kim Yo Jung's skincare. I like that photo of her. That's like um, the edited one where she has like K-pop mm. makeup, and then the unedited one. And I personally think she looks better like sans farts. She does. She does. Yeah, it's very sober. Very. I'm looking up Kim <laughs> Yo Jung's skincare. This is like an entire podcast dedicated Ooh. to the presumed the heir apparent. Oh. There's an article in The Guardian from 2017 about Kim Jong-un visiting a North Korean cosmetics factory. And he looks so cute. Oh, he's, he looks he's adorable. He's definitely the most he's adorable smiling. dictator. Oh my God, he's, know, he's so cute. cute. He really is. You can't. I know that he has R.I.P. to just a little sweetie who has like the blood of hundreds of thousands of people on his hands. He's adorable, um, but you know it's working. The propaganda is working. At least in North Korea, they're upfront about the fact that they have a total like family dynasty. It's not even an oligarchy. Yeah. Like it, it, we have an oligarchy in the United States masquerading as a representative democracy, and in, in Russia, we they have an oligarchy that's slightly less, more thinly veiled or whatever. But mm-hmm. these people just have like slightly yeah. thicker veil. Um, anyway, Bajizek, sex. Oh, the nude selfie. Oh, the nude- the new, Let's uh, do the nude self, selfie is now high art. <laughs> a little op-ed in the failing New York Times by Diana Speckler. Um, um, which... Uh, <laughs> where do we begin? Was about... Yeah, it was, which is about sort of post-pandemic kind of sex dynamics, sex lives, nude selfies have become, this is a quote, a symbol of resilience, a refusal to let social distancing render us sexless. Nude selfies are no longer foreplay, a wedding of a lover's appetite. <laughs> but the whole, <laughs> the whole meal. A case can be made that quarantine nude selfies are art. No, uh, no, they can't. Some of us finally have time. <laughs> Some of us finally have time to make art, and this is the art we are making. Carefully posed, cast in shadows, expertly filtered. She, she's talking oh, about man. herself. We. She does not understand what we art googled is. her before the this program, and she she's like kind of like a Gen Xy cute Jewish chick who you can tell is like into like you know like some sort of like salsa dancing or something and swinging and <laughs> nudity. She she looks horny in other uh, words. Yes, but in a yeah, highly and, banal, and like an like in a polyamorous way. Judaica way, but. Um, nude selfies or people got on my dick whoa what was that oh it was a car on the on the ed koch expressway people were on my dick last night for calling memes and trolling art which i didn't exactly but you can make an argument that they are you know yeah yeah they're like a what did you call them you call them a high form of modern a highly highly modern art form not a high form yeah i'm getting a little drunk but um nude selfies are definitely not art and that's not 
They are absolutely. That's not what art is. Just because you generate an image doesn't yeah. make it art. You're not an artist. <laughs> You're an off-ed for writer. York, for the failing New York Times. For the failing um, New York she, Times. She then g- proceeds to do like a, 10, a, a 101 like art historical uh, rundown of like artists using themselves as models because they were too poor to afford to pay a model to pose for them like Rembrandt yeah. or Van Gogh and then what's right. the last the last one of the last paragraphs is insane the she's sort of talking about those there's always been a subterranean culture of salacious communication said Constant Muse the director of the Center for Religious Studies at Monash <laughs> University in Australia all of that sounds fake he sent me to a Pinterest page called Medieval Erotics <laughs> She looked at a Pinterest of some paintings and had some um, eighth grade level epiphanies about the nude form and the art making process. And then she talks about how um, he referred her to the Decameron, the Boccaccio text about the Black Plague, like people seeking refuge. And I was like, that's not what was going on. That was a text that was like a pinnacle of like rhetorical and metaphorical <laughs> cleverness it wasn't about like being a horny <laughs> under quarantine you dumb bitch <laughs> yeah it was about using your iphone to take a tasteful <laughs> pussy pig for your internet boyfriend you fucking freak <laughs> um, then she talks about this is my favorite part um I find that showing both holes artful. is very creatively satisfying and artful. <laughs> two in the pink, one in the stink. Is it the other way around? I think I got that right. Um, it's kind of like a master's house, master's tools type situation. Um, <laughs> no, it's two. It's you did it right, but you know anything what? goes. Yeah, we're, anything we're going to reverse that formula. <laughs> I'm inventing a theorem. (laughs) (laughs) Called two in the stink. (laughs) Jesus Um, Christ. Okay. She writes, many artists, not just painters and photographers, leave a final selfie as a sort of last will and testament. Sylvia Mm. Plath published Mm -hmm. her autobiographical novel, The Bell Jar, shortly before ending her own life. That's not a selfie. Absolutely. It's like, <laughs> how long is the bell jar? It's like she also she also published it yeah, under a pseudonym because it implicated lots of people in her real life because it was mm-hmm. so autobiographical and she didn't. It wasn't like as if she sent it to the press before she put her head in the oven. It was like publishing was a drawn out process that <laughs> it just sort of happened that way. It's just it's beyond. It's beyond. It's like so besides the point. To reference, she also references Basquiat, who died of a drug overdose. So I don't I see what that has to do with anything. Her historical like breakdown is hilarious. She cites like Andy Warhol and Picasso and Hannah Wilkie, like doing all the greatest hits. This is like mm. one of the most incredible. Like if you choose to read this as a troll, it's really high art. This op-ed yeah that's the most artistic thing about it for sure i mean i didn't think the takes on like selfie i know in 2020 
<laughs> but yet they, you know, now we're just elevating anyone's stupid nudes to. <laughs> I know the it's insane. Um, there's here's another quote. Cat, they're always called cat. These type of women, I don't know why. Or Beth, they're always called cat. Cat, Beth, cat, Kathy, Karen. <laughs> I don't, I don't know anything about this Karen meme. I guess it's supposed to mean like a white bitch, a white girl. Though it might require a bit of squinting to see pandemic era nude selfie snapping on par with Basquiat. Genius, <laughs> long sigh. Geniuses hold no monopoly on the instinct to self-preserve or on the yearning to be witness. They should. They should. There should they be. Should. A, yeah. They should hold the mono- uh, monopoly on those instincts because merely not everything. It's <laughs> it's insane. I am an artist. I think that's a fair. Yeah, that's me a to fair say. assessment. And I wouldn't characterize my like as you know a person in society, whatever filmmaker in some art related medium a creative if you will and i still would not consider my nudes to be art like <laughs> Dasha, you could literally make a case for the respect. fact that every time you have trolled someone that's like a minor <laughs> artistic gesture Sure. Yeah. You as in one, one every time one sure, trolls then. somebody else, it's a minor t- artistic gesture. If you send like a nude to some skater that you met at Mr. Fong's before Core took over. <laughs> um, this is the thing. It's like women will, will stop at nothing to rationalize their purely biological and sexual urge to display and exhibit themselves, which is like perfectly harmless as long as you don't politicize it. That's what drives me nuts, this kind of, like, need to add, like, a kind of layer of intellectualism to your desperate desire to show your pussy to men who are not, who don't deserve to see your pussy. To quote Van Gogh, (laughs) (laughs) as as Sylvia Plath said in her final selfie, (laughs) the bell jar. (laughs) Look at my asshole. <laughs> Is that a photo of your asshole or a cry for help? I I can't tell. <laughs> Here's a quote from the article. Kat, an artist in Arizona who just lost her uncle to COVID-19, has been enjoying the creative process of making and sending sexy selfies over a secure app called Wire to a bartender she met overseas just before the coronavirus ended non-essential travel. Not to distract from my mm-hmm. feelings, she said. This is just the human experience, isn't isn't it? Love, death, sex. Like, you isn't don't <laughs> literally do not love your uncle or your parents or yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or this, yeah, this definitely bartender, not, definitely. But like, no, if you're not breaking core to go and fuck. You're not to fist or be fisted. (laughs) You're not like that's what's so what sort of I've been kind of reiterating since core is it's like it's not this is not an adequate simulation of a life. No, well, to send a nude to to someone you barely know that you met quote overseas. 
is simply not it's just not the same it's not intimacy it's not meaningful it's not art it's nothing it's like a there's, void there's also something depressing about like sending really intimate photos of your like genitalia to some guy who would never agree to see you if there was no quarantine <laughs> no Yikes. but this is a guy Harsh who truth, would ghost and then you'd see him three months later with like a younger hotter girlfriend on his arm well she also in the op-ed kind of keeps referencing sort of face tuning mm-hmm. and filtering as if like mm, manufacturing these manipulated images validates them more as art because there's more well, it's processes just like of when Van Gogh you know, manipulation when Van Gogh <laughs> placed those impasto strokes on the canvas it's like a starry yeah. night it's like a starry night didn't look like that he like it was kind of his it's an impressionistic take on what your yeah. body would look like if you photoshopped it (laughs) hotter than it actually is she says in these disorienting times we are psychologically naked are we but our nudes are aspirational we are breasts propped up on pillows and face tuned we are headless proof that we're not overthinking or panicking we are free cast in a single ray of sunlight not stuck inside with a vitamin d deficiency we are taking a risk at a time when we are not allowed to take risks Bearing our bodies with no guaranteed reaction. <laughs> we, we are like selling our, or not selling. We are giving our engorged genitalia away for selling. free to Chinese surveillance apps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the wire cast in a single ray of North <laughs> Korean sunlight. <laughs> My breasts carefully. Filtered. I'm just a breast <laughs> and a pillow. I, I'm, I'm going to like literally call call up Yasha Levine and ask him to, to mansplain what the wire is. That's another like fucking Pentagon funded app uh, and yeah, made by exactly. enslaved Chinese and Russian hackers that uh, Jacob Applebaum has been promoting at the Whitney. For circulating um, nude photographs of media girls. <laughs> Were you not taking nudes before? No, wasn't like, everybody already sending you know? nudes, which is a kind of depressing. Like, I, people should not be empowered to take naked photos of themselves. It's so horrible, and it's so and it's so insecure. No, I mean, like, a, like actually, physically, like anybody can like hack into your shit and steal your photos. Yeah, it, I guess so. I've been, or sometimes you <laughs> too much and you go on your Finsta and you post a bunch of And then you have to backtrack yourself. and say that uh, North Korean hackers. A scorned lover. <laughs> my scorned North Korean lover must have leaked those pics of my uh, ass. But it's true. It's like <laughs> e- all, it all selfies, especially nude selfies, are like the product of, uh, are, are, are both kind of like, spiritually and physically insecure on some yeah. level yeah i think that there's a place for them that doesn't need to be like anything erotic doesn't need to be elaborated on or like discussed in in an intellectualized context yeah. you know and certainly not like uh, it's not like shoehorned into the like the, the kind of jansen book history of art 
Absolutely not. No. The whole point is that they're erotic. They're not art. They're they ought to be yeah. pornographic and, titil- and titillating on a visceral level, not like an intellectual yeah. level. But that's and I doubt anyone who's receiving these face-tuned nudes of hers is like reveling yeah. in them. They're like, oh my god, you look like Alexa <laughs> Rachel in this one. It's Shapiro's sister in this one. She just like used a tool to make her tits look as big as Abby Shapiro's. It's pathetic. It's I mean, it's like it's the mindset of people who um, are not artists. And well, something that I think about when I watch 90 Day is like how important weddings Uh are for so many people. And I real and like it's so the whole wedding industrial complex is obviously like gross on so many levels and like unattractive to me. And then I realized that for so many people, their wedding day is like the the day that like people pay attention to them and that their lives feel like relevant and meaningful. You know, it's like it's it, for it's built up in so many people's minds as this like day where they get to be a kind of star for the people who know that. Yeah, I have. You know, the whole wedding thing is really, I think, probably because, and I don't feel that impulse because I have like creative outlets that are meaningful to me that you know affirm my identity and place in the world and relationships of yeah life I don't and everything. I don't know how to describe it I'm sure people are gonna be like oh it's a big cope but there's something that has always been deeply cringy and embarrassing to me about having a wedding like a ceremony that's devoted to um mm-hmm. you and your spouse that you're marrying who are like festering decaying yeah. mere mortals it's like depressing I think maybe because <laughs> my mom didn't set such an example because she literally did not have any wedding photos because she's like a weird uh self-hating spurg i mean my parents have two my mom like borrowed a top from her friend like they Sylvia were very weddings sparse were very and it's crazy because like you think about your parents who are like really young and beautiful and should have had tons of photos but like they didn't didn't occur to them they weren't like narcissistic in that way no, yeah. They weren't trying to have, like, their day in My the sun. My special day. The way that, like, people... Yeah, the way that people are, like, conditioned to think And then you get, like, weddings. a Zola registry and uh, emotionally terrorize people into buying Oof. you, like, a blender or, like, a sous vide machine or whatever. It's, like... It, it, it's exactly. also, like, a very kind of, like... You know, for lack of a better word, capitalistic endeavor... Yeah, it's excessive and like and and pointless and yeah, I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's basically a, a um, homage to consumption masquerading as an homage to love, and and yeah, it's like a. That's why I called it, it is, like yeah. an industrial complex. It's like it has you have to, and when I was <laughs> engaged, <laughs> I the the dread of that was on set almost immediately with like the thought of like trying to find a venue and like looking at all these like photos of people's like Mason jars yeah, wedding. It's embarrassing. And kind of being, and being like, this is, I can't in good conscience make any of these decisions. No, and it's embarrassing <laughs> to like, because they're mortified. I think weddings are probably much more kind of like, uh, 
decent and fulfilling back in the day when like the village elders arranged your marriage and planned your wedding like exactly and you yeah. just made it work it was just another day in your it was like the godfather life. where you like <laughs> blushed uh your husband from across a very long table and you'd never you met him exactly. once before under the chaperoning of a bunch of old women and then, <laughs> and then you and the other peasants took part in some spirited dancing down in the cellar or whatever that's beautiful that's what <laughs> Anna what's going on sorry am I banging around I'm like trying to smoke a cigarette I mean Eli's gonna kind of like He's like Where in the room, he? but he's gonna like come out and beat me if I smoke a cigarette. Yeah, really? He's mad. Don't doesn't he know yeah. smoking's like, like one of the best ways to it's combat for our coronavirus, safety, babe? So we can have that blowout wedding <laughs> on Zoom. I on actually Zoom. thought of that. It'd be like really fun for to all have our like friends. A, a paywalled wedding on Zoom. Wow, do it yeah, on that Patreon. That would be hilarious. Do it for do it for the brand. I'm like look like a Chechen <laughs> bride, like a fucking hijab and a mask. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then he'll gun. behead me in the end, or maybe I'll behead him like a female praying mantis. <laughs> you have to yeah. tune in and see which one, <laughs> which one of you gets beheaded. I know. I'm like drunk Whatever. now too. Whatever. We're a gay old time. Um, Whatever. <laughs> Zizek penned a little article. He's been, as well. I love Zizek. He's been penning the same <laughs> sex article for the last like three years. He's loves. He says the same shit. All he's like. I think he's really ramping like it up. Like the self plagiarism these days. Well, no, that's been consistent. But the volume of like content that he's like yeah. disseminating, even though it's always kind of a, yeah. the same. I swear to God, I was reading this article and I was like, I've read this. I felt like Groundhog Day. I was like, I've read this article before, like exact verbatim, uh, something about uh, having your partner's body in your arms, but imagining another kind of fantasy. Mm -hmm. How having, having sex is just another form of masturbation because you make the other into like a fantasy sex slash love object for oneself and so you might as well be alone in the end it's very lacanian it's very you know we love to hear it <laughs> but we have heard it many times before but this one had a you know it did have kind of the the COVID. twist of which is a little but the covid but a little incoherent in the line of reasoning which is that like sex is actually a spiritual kind of activity that surpasses pornographic masturbation. And he quotes Tarkovsky. I like that. And it was very poetic. Uh, you, could t- you could tell he's it losing his mind a little in quarantine. S- he's getting a little horny, a little he- sentimental, a little like maybe it's not just masturbation. Maybe it does have a, a spiritual component. Do you think sex is merely masturbation with another partner? Um, Anna? No. That's not how I treat it, but I've, I mean, I have, I have, I've had sex like yeah, that. Yeah. I think sure. that that's like, again, it, that's the kind of typical sex that women have, especially when they're younger in their late teens and twenties, when it's legally contractually acceptable to have sex. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, it's like the, this cat person, the story, it illustrates that very well, where 
she's getting off on the guys getting off on her. Yeah, you're imagining how nice it must be for someone to fuck you, especially if they're a little disgusting. Yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> um, not really. I think like, you know, I've always said there's no such thing as casual sex on some level. And I don't think there is not for me, at least. Yeah. I mean, there I've partaken in casual sex and it hasn't been especially yeah. satisfying. Um, I think ideally, yeah, there is like a kind of intimacy. I don't know if I would call it spiritual per se, so, but that it is like a highly personal, highly specific kind of, if I may <laughs> call it like an exchange of like affects or like kind of like an affect exercise that you're taking part in that's really is, I don't know, highly specific and special and empowering in that yeah, and way. Like, I mean, I, this is the thing that this is kind of the thing I literally like kind of got intellectually jammed up. I couldn't quite make sense of what he was saying because Ooh. he says one should therefore turn the common wisdom according to which sexual lust is bodily while love is spiritual. Um, sexual love is more bodily than sex without love. Um, does he mean here that sexual love is more bodily than casual sex be- because the former involves puncturing and possessing your partner's subjectivity, whereas the latter is like purely selfish and utilitarian and masturbatory? Uh, I mean, I think both are uh, taking place simultaneously. I don't, I don't think of it necessarily as like a binary. I think that like being subject is uh, a subject is so painful (laughs) and that sex is one of the few escapes that we have from inhabiting a painful subjectivity of i.e. being objectified yeah yeah yeah. but that's i mean that's like how i've always treated sex is like i i weirdly never envision myself or how I look in that moment with somebody I love I focus on the other person and it made me think of like again Christopher Lash and his idea and then the the TLP reprises this idea that like like the, the modern narcissist prefers masturbation over sex yeah and I think that that there's a you know that's that rings very true in post-COVID reality in that many people are already very much acclimated to a quarantined yeah, and it, way of Yeah, it really living. comes down to circumstantial things like such as are you quarantining alone and or with roommates and or your family or are you quarantining with somebody who you sa- right. who's your partner in some capacity, yeah. Who you have sex with, yeah. Which does seem mm, ideal. Yeah. I mean, don't you I think? don't know if it's ideal, but I don't really to quarantine. I mean, I'd rather be quarantining with my COVID husband than like with my family. Exactly. Absolutely. Though yeah. I do or miss my, my roommates. Yeah. Just, I know I miss Kyle very much. I miss my life. I miss my, I miss homosexuals. I miss, <laughs> you know, I miss all of it. But I think that heterosexual monogamous partnering just is you know, if you're heterosexual, I'm not being, (laughs) 
intolerant or anything but just you know i think it's ideal yeah for certain people yeah and he he talks at the beginning about how like the irish health exec health service executive who issued guidelines about practicing sex in the times of coronavirus and like the two key recommendations were taking a break from physical Mm. face-to-face interactions um especially if you usually meet your sex partners online or make a living by having sex consider using video dates sexting or chat rooms make sure to disinfect keyboards and touch screens that you share with others i mean this and zizek is right that's the most cocked thing he makes a, a smart point he says you know it's reasonable common sense advice in the time of a Mm-hmm. serious pandemic where realistically nobody knows what will happen um, but he he says one should note that these recommendations just conclude the process which was already going on with the progressive digitalization of our lives. Statistics show that today's adolescents spend much less time exploring their sexuality than surfing the web and again it's this Lashian notion that the left mm-hmm. for example loves to attribute to progressive positive social forces things that are really just the force of like negative economic and cultural factors like right right and he he references euphoria as well interestingly and makes a point that's similar to the one we made which is that it euphoria (laughs) sephoria is a kind of fantasy of projection onto young people as having this transgressive sexual life when really they're like becoming increased siloed and atomized yeah uh, yeah exactly it's like a bunch atomized. of kind of uh m- millennial and gen x like elder millennial uh creatives kind of pastiching what yeah. they wish their sex lives were when they were like losers in high school like nostalgizing right Right, slash what they almost maybe sort of could have been. Or it were, almost reminded you know. me of the whole like thing that happened with the Lysol, with Trump's like task force thing, where he was like, if there was a, a UV light or a disinfectant that you could put into your body, and like the do- the doctor overseeing yeah. this had like this like grotesque expression of disdain. The camera like zoomed in <laughs> on her, but the. <laughs> We're in Trump. Don't yeah. be able to drink and bleach. like it, Well, that was really funny because the funniest part of that was watching all these like disinfectant companies and health agencies scramble to issue these kind of like sober, practical disclaimers of yeah. Trump's messaging, which he later claimed was sarcastic, which... King, absolute yeah. king shit. Just never, just shamelessly just being like, I didn't mean it. I was just kidding. Kafifi, that was a joke. Like, I... <laughs> Kafifi, I, what did he say about Kafifi? He was like, "Yeah, it means something, and one day you'll find out what it is." He like he's uh, he's a master at just not being phased by his own failures. It's really inspiring. Yeah, like actually. he he's he's like the he's like a master class in the fact that like um, you I forgot who said this, but like you can never be defeated or humiliated or owned if you refuse to accept it and that's like trump's mo and like the the parent company that owns lysol released a statement that was like as a global leader in health and hygiene products and we must be clear that under no circumstances should disinfectant products be administered into the human body just ingested blah 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 (laughs) okay we got it don't drink and it's stunning because like 
in in like their desperate bid to minimize their own liability they're like leading the 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 push to like infantilize everybody it's like this is how you should put on your it's like that new york times article that was like clearly catered to like children and minorities and other people who don't read the new york times that was like this is this is how Mm -hmm. you put your mask on i know I mean, the whole thing's been invan- infantilizing from the jump. It's been like the whole the whole vibe has been very like. There's some fucking. <laughs> I'm drunk, but there's some Latin word for like, in vito parentis or whatever. Where like instead of your parents, like an institution becomes your parents. Like when people go to college and stuff, and that's that's how it feels. It's like stay home the whole celebrity apparatus is being instrumentalized to like remind us to stay home and it's all really pathetic yeah it's like chrissy teigen and like pat and oswald and like fucking john oliver telling us not to ingest tide pods and it was like it's like kind of like a radical compression of like shitty meme life cycles where we're back to that fucking tide pods meme that was big like two or three years ago about zoomers yeah. eating tide pods um, yeah yeah i think like the universe is just really telling us that we ought to drink yeah. bleach and there's no damage control we can do to <laughs> keep it out of people's bodies yeah, i mean if point. i'm gonna drink bleach or like drano or something it's not to disinfect myself from covid it's you know i mean i'm not i don't even like i'm not gonna get covid <laughs> you've probably already gotten it probably i'm sure i've been exposed to it i'm just like along for the ride of this of this core at this point you know i don't feel i don't have any i have no faith in any institutions i have no trust in the government i don't i feel so disconnected from reality there's no point in even trying to decipher what's going on really you know i'm just kind of my like kind of main thing is with and after reading Yasha's book and everything about surveillance I'm where I kind of landed it with it was it's like the only real way to be is like is just to try and be as avant-garde as possible (laughs) to like maintain a kind of freedom within the confines of your own mind and to subvert a surveillance apparatus to render it kind of like meaningless and useless and that that's sort of my project <laughs> going forward <laughs> is a kind of hard line, like avant-garde lifestyle slash mentality yeah. that will like preserve the dignity and integrity of my personhood that is attempted at being like thwarted and corrupted at every turn. <laughs> I guess. guess. It it reminded me also of that like zero books meme that was getting dragged all over Twitter. That was like a girl Mm. doing like a wink wink face in front of a burning burning building and it's like the burning building is the wealth of the ruling class and the girl is like people staying inside and crashing the economy. It's like no that's insane it's like that thing amber said that was really smart it's not a rent strike if people literally can't pay their rent and it's not a labor strike if people literally can't go to work 
No, I know. I know. It's it's madness. And it's like all this, you know, taking taking sel- sexy naked selfies and sending them across uh like yeah. All because you're so cucked you couldn't fuck if you tried. I know, that's like where this is going. Because the state the state is actively impeding you from fucking and you're pretending that taking a picture of your pussy is a simulation of having intimacy and sex with someone when it's not. Yeah, no, the the funniest thing about that article was like the anecdote he tells of the guy who was like on the set of a porn film and he loses his erection as he's like plunging mm-hmm. the female porn actress and has to go on Pornhub to scroll. Right, and he has to. I, um, I had tried, attempted to have casual sex with a, with a, a pornography addict <laughs> uh, a few months, a little while ago, and um, there was some like erectile dysfunction problems and then what we ended up having to do was like I like was showing him nudes of myself on my phone that's even more insane than like Zizek's little anecdotal (laughs) retelling of like the porn set it was like he had to he couldn't because we kind of maybe knew each other a little too well or like he couldn't objectify me adequately enough you know to truly sexualized me then he had to look at these like images it was i don't know it was interesting, it was interesting. Sure. i believe I, I i believe it i believe zizek's <laughs> thesis i have to really and that's i mean i i might write a little op-ed about how i jacked off to oh yeah let's let's talk about day. that you no, jacked that off that to some be. cartoons we're dasha we're really turning into like incels you're like jacking off to cartoons and i'm like sitting in the in the cool glow of my like shitty laptop researching mm-hmm. smoking, smoking cigs and cigs. researching finance and the uh, kim yeah. jong ill family tree we're both um fully otaku as we all are otaku is sort of it's like a the subculture if you could call it that in japan of like basically incel introverted recluse kind of anime hentai fan mm-hmm. consumers who like don't leave their apartments and check off to cartoons and okay. do day trading or whatever <laughs> It's exactly, yeah, like the condition everyone's been cocked into partaking in. Um, yeah, I did. I got, um, well, so I watched Neon Genesis okay. Evangelion, <laughs> which is the best anime ever made in my estimation. And since then, I've tried to watch many other animes that have really just not been able to fill the void, um, at least like seri- mm-hmm. like episodic ones. Regardless, whatever. So then I was looking at anime body pillows, as I some, sometimes do. And then I started to get kind of horny. And then, like, hours kind of spanned of me, you know, looking at hentai scans on the internet. <laughs> and, you know, next thing you know, the cartoons start to make you horny. And that's the real... The real quar. Jacking off to cartoons. Is when cartoons... 
Yeah, but there's, you know, hentai is interesting because it's so visceral and visually dynamic in a way that like, I mean, I don't know about how your porn consumption habits are, but I never, I never watching porn with this, in this way that I'm, I'm like never identifying watching porn, necessarily yeah. with the girls. I never am watching porn, but no, I, when I watch porn, I don't necessarily identify with the girls in the porn. I'm kind of taking this weird omniscient perspective of, I don't know. I'm just kind of interested in the general like depravity and salaciousness of pornography. That's a good point. And like, I think, you know, men watch porn being in a very straightforward way. They watch POV porn, you know, they're like, this is what it would be like to fuck this girl, et cetera, in this way. And I'm never like, oh, wow. Like, what would it be like to be fucked by this? these guys or to be gangbanged or whatever like is going well, on yeah. in the pornography that women consume you know it's it's it is a different kind of something different is happening psychologically but with hentai i think it's so interior and visceral because it has to be rendered it's almost like it's so it is it does generate a kind of like intense erotic feeling of what being like violated and fucked maybe feels like yeah i wouldn't even call it like no that's That's true i wouldn't even call it like erotic or libidinal it's just bodily it's merely bodily you're like reduced in this very visceral sense to your bodily fluids and like excretion yeah exactly and hentai is very much about fluids and like and sometimes they do this thing where it's almost this kind of like this very lewd x-rayed kind of rendering of like a penis Mm -hmm. penetrating a Mm -hmm. body that's like could never you know is very cartoonish but at the same time very real like more real even than pornography and um the one i i'll i'll (laughs) i'll I'll tell you it was called (laughs) immoral tea party 2 was the name of the hentai that finally like was the one that i like I mean, it was very Aspergian also. Like, I spent hours and hours and hours kind of, like, looking at various hentai comics, trying to find the one that would kind of, like, be ideal. And Immoral Tea Party 2 was, was the okay. one. Um, so, yeah. So, Core has been revelatory and productive <laughs> for me. And that's... I mean, that seems way more, like in the realm of a conversation that you could have about eroticism and art than this New York times. Yeah. Which is like slotting like digital detritus into like the, uh, noble history of an eighth grader could have written that exactly. And it's like, no, let's talk about like cartoons (laughs) and like how cartoons make us horny and how like our sexuality is so fragmented and weird. And yeah, I don't know worth evaluating in these different in these different ways yeah i have to think more about this whole uh i'll okay. send you a moral tea party too just i'm so i, I can't when i hear tea party you. the only thing i can think of is like this like fringe republican like movement right right it's not I just about picture that. like tucker about. carlson's like red and swollen face <laughs> it's like bow tie turning 360 this is, it, this is just about like fat fat titty anime girls like pressing yeah. up against each I like other. this thing that um, Andre Tarkovsky's father Arsenya 
a Sanyu says, where he says the soul is sinful without a body, like a body without clothes. Amazing. So, so Russian. Yeah. It's like very um, spiritual, but like. A cartoon is sinful (laughs) without fluids. Like. I don't, I'm not that I, I but lost yeah there's it. there's almost something like more kind of like authentic oh that's a really bad word but like honest and authentic and biological about thinking of yourself as like reduced to like atoms and molecules and bodily fluids versus thinking of like like Patrick Bateman style like kissing your bicep when you're like no god totally I mean there is like I'm sorry to bring up affect theory again, but it's like there's this Spinozan thread through it, which was is kind of like we don't even really know what the body's capable of. And if you take the point of view of like the body not being entirely separate from the mind, like we really don't like our bodies do all of this insane shit that's totally effective and out of our control. And in that way is kind of, you know, spiritual. Yeah, I, but that, I guess that's what I'm getting at. That, like, um, thinking of se- of sexuality as something beyond your control is much more like revealing and rewarding than uh, thinking of like a weird c- masturbatory, hyper controlled model where you're like the protagonist in your own movie and people are like responding to you and you're like hot bod. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. I think horny she checks really onto something in that regard and that it, you know, it ought to be, and it's, I don't know, feels insensitive or annoying to say when so many people are like alone and jacking off probably more than ever before, but there is really something to having real intimacy with another person yeah which is like intimacy is destructive in some way Mm. yeah i was just having this conversation essentially um, unglamorous unromantic and desexualizing well no he was like you know people think sex is the most intimate kind of act between people and it's really not and i was like yeah that's true like there's so many more things that are quote could be considered intimate that are like deeply unpleasant and like not preferable (laughs) you know like getting really sick or i mean when whatever there's like tons of kinds of intimacy that sucks but like sex is a high form that happens to not hopefully if it's mutually like satisfying for both parties and in that way, it is, you know, I, the ideal. Yeah, but but yeah, intimacy is intimacy on its own isn't like a universal, universally positive thing to aspire no, to. No, it's. I mean, yeah, it's essentially. I mean, it it, it necessitates like that. Once you attain intimacy with somebody, you have to do a lot of work to keep some level of distance. Mm-hmm. Familiarity breeds contempt, and intimacy is about ultimately a kind of really an, an intense yeah. familiarity. And I mean, Zizek makes this point that you can't reduce this kind of gap to uh, of the between the bodily reality of a partner and the universe of fantasy, 
fantasies to distortion opened up by patriarchy and social domination or exploitation and that the gap was always there. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of a pre political prehistorical thing. Um, but any, any references again, his favorite line about, um, one partner asking the other one to do dirty talk. Yeah. Which is funny because you would think that you would, you wouldn't need that with somebody that you're attracted to. I don't know. I think, I mean, I think that sex difference is so, that's why I like him when I harp on it, I talk about heterosexual monogamous relationships is because I think that sex difference is so intense actually. And so fundamentally abysmally antagonistic in a way. You know, like men and women yeah. can never really understand each other and that they, they make this compromise out of, you know, various desires. And yeah, needs. like a desperate desire to connect. And that it requires all of these things. Yeah. And it requires all these all these mechanisms. Right. Like you're not just going to like inherently understand your partner. And I think that language is a interesting and adequate way to. I don't know, bridge. Well, yeah, but also sexual difference is a a kind of stopgap against too much intimacy because the you you know you both mutually realize that you can never fully know each other, and that's why you know people make that comment that like once they've lived with somebody long enough and they stop having sex, that it's sort of like living with like a roommate. Yeah, which is like depressing. It is, yeah. Well, that's the effort in, you know, mm, occulting aspects of yourself yeah, from and another that was person like, and encrypting them and making them making them interesting. And, you know, you can't... Intimacy isn't merely about just, like, making yourself ultimately known to another person. It's It has it has Yeah, and that's, like, Welbeck's point. Like, his, like, kind of an unsaid thesis that there can be no true love under modern conditions because the alternatives, the options are so vast in the past. People were cooped up with each other and they had no choice. Well, now we are. Yeah. Now we really are again. (laughs) And I don't think, you know, Obviously, there won't be a day where it's like quarters yeah. over if you want it. It's going to be a slow thing, but I think that the residual effects of it will be long yeah, lasting. Yeah, well, who knows when we'll be out of it. And I don't know. It's I don't think we may not ever be truly out of it. I think it might just alter the course of what it means to live amongst other people. Yeah, and I think a, people also way. kind of, as much as like we miss our old lives and our old habits, people enjoy kind of this kind of self distancing self isolation um because they can some well, people because it like kind yeah. of it divests you of responsibility well some people don't get to right some some people don't get to some people have to go to work or some people wish they could go to work because they're not you know like lots of, it's it's a huge strain on lots of people yeah. at the same time too like I th- I hate like quarantine is a privileged discourse. Yeah. it's not. <laughs> and isolation, it's not a privilege. Like it's like it's the wrong framework to use. But like, 
there it is worth acknowledging that people are in different situations and you know the the problems that people are facing vary in intensity yeah i don't know this is true it's i don't it's but it sucks i mean it sucks regardless it sucks for everyone yeah or it does yeah Except for people who were yeah, basically like me. quarantined already. For it's like kind of par for the <laughs> no, course. But you weren't really. I mean, you're, yeah. I don't know. It's It sucks for me, but I've like made my peace with it. I don't even really, I don't know. I'm taking it. I think, you, honestly, people that I know who are sober or like recovering addicts have sort of the best perspective on it and that they've already had to like been living in this way where they're taking mm-hmm. things day by day and i think that that there's a lot of wisdom and lots of like aaisms and i think that one of the best ones is yeah you like take it day by day hour by hour minute by minute if you have to you're just like you can tr- you put trust in the fact that if you do the right things in the present moment the future will unfold in an advantageous mm-hmm. way for you and um you know, sobriety is a highly uncertain state of being, as is COVID, mm-hmm. quarantine, whatever. And so I think that, yeah, I think it's just about ultimately being present and trying to be the best <laughs> version of yourself that you can for as long as you can. And, like, we'll falter inevitably, but it's it's challenging for yeah. everyone anyway on that note wait, should we should we i on guess we'll, note, we'll be yeah, talking we about tfw no gf next episode with a special guest yeah well well yeah. maybe we'll have a special guest <laughs> anyway, okay i love you too i love I you and you i miss you oh yep yeah, we'll I'll see, see you soon. in hell <laughs> see you in hell bye <laughs>